Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Okay, I guess this is my pilot episode. This is going to be the first one that you listen to if you're new. And first of all, thanks for being here. Second of all, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. So just brace yourself. This is not going to be a smooth, easy, highly produced road that we're on. It is going to be very realistic to what is legit happening, which is me sitting on my living room couch with a microphone with a cold cup of coffee and a, I don't know, what is that? Everything but the bagel spice all over my coffee table. So like whatever, it's fine. But I really want you to kind of understand how it all came about. Why the heck are we doing a podcast and why did it take so long? (laughs) So long story short. I am a professional podcast guest. I am so great at being a guest on other people's podcasts. And I don't say that like pridefully. I was just asked on a few of them and I really loved being on podcasts. I really love sitting, being interviewed. And I remember at one point someone asked me, you know, would you rather be interviewed or would you rather be the interviewer? And I was like, oh, I'd much rather be the interviewer. Then I can ask all the questions that I want. And then people started to say, well, why aren't you doing a podcast? And I was like, well, I don't know. That doesn't, that's not what I do. I do the other things. I do the Instagram and I do the Facebook and I do that stuff. So I don't really know how to do a podcast. And I had some friends be like, yeah, but you can learn. You can do this. And it freaked me out. But I kind of decided I was going to listen. I was going to have a season of listening to my audience, to my community, to my people, to my friends who were saying, start a dang podcast, even if I didn't really see that for myself yet. And I told myself that the year of 2019 was going to be a year of listening. It wasn't going to be a year of knowing what I was doing. It was going to be a year of sitting back and being guided, being guided not only by my own inner voice, but by the voices of others that were lifting me up. And this was a big one. So to be completely honest with you, I have a hundred percent imposter syndrome when it comes to having a podcast. I think with their growing popularity, it feels like one of those things where like, who am I and what should I be doing this for? Like, this makes no sense. There's enough podcasts out there to go along to go around for everyone. But the reality is, is it's a, it's a growing medium, just like Facebook was years ago. And everyone was like hesitant to be a part of it or felt like they had imposter syndrome, even having that. And then Instagram came along and that same type of mentality followed it. 
I'm recognizing now that we have this growing need for human connection in this way. We're craving it. I crave it. I love podcasts, but I had a really hard time putting myself in the seat of being the person to have one because to me in my head, that sounded like I had to be some sort of professional or somebody who knew what the heck they were doing. And let's be said, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing it anyways. And so here we are, we are on a pilot episode after like seven months of production, which 99% of that has been me talking myself off the edge of not doing this at all. I'm not even kidding right before doing this. I already tried to pre-record one and then I was like, no, 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 you can't. And instead of just putting it away, I decided to pick up the mic again and go for it and continue to have these conversations because at the end of the day, I want to have these conversations. I want to hear and more stories and I want to be more aware of what's going on in the world and have other people teach me and in in return teach you because when we become repeaters of other people's stories, it kind of loses its impact. But when you get to kind of hand the microphone over to some people who have these really empowering messages and you get to channel it through something that you have and a platform that you've created, that's magical. It's it's such an opportunity. It's a huge way that I've even grown in my own social media platform it has been through other people handing me a microphone and saying, I want you to tell your story. Huh. So what can you expect from this? Well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't because I'm really going through having seasons of just having conversations. They're not necessarily going to be people that you know online. Sometimes they're going to be people with a cool story or an perspective on something that I really want to listen to. And sometimes it might just be fun and silly and sitting back and enjoying life alongside us. Um, There will be some common people I'm sure that you will hear on here often. And then there's going to be others that will be a once in a lifetime opportunity interviews that I hope I do justice to. Um, Thank you. If you've even made it this far. Oh my gosh. What's it been? It's like five minutes guys. Okay. (laughs) I promise I'll be able to do this longer. But I talk really fast and it's such an issue, but I'm really excited to do this. I'm excited for you to get to know me and to get to know these other people and all these amazing stories that I think are going to really change all of us. This this medium of podcasts, they have such an ability of storytelling in a way that we haven't been, really been able to be reached before. It's in a way, it's also a way to put down our phones and have real conversation. And if you're driving or on a commute somewhere or cleaning your house or sitting with kids, it's a great time to just tap into that human connection again and feel grounded in community, even if it's like kind of far and laugh along with jokes and with people that maybe are across the world. I love podcasts. I can't express that enough. Just like I love Instagram and I love Facebook for its own reasons. Podcasts are its own little home. And I feel very scared, but very welcomed here. I'm really excited to get going and and really kind of like ramp this up. But I kind of wanted to share um, what the heck the bird papaya is, where the heck this all came from. Why papaya? Why are you so obsessed? I mean, it's a lot of things. First of all, Papaya Podcast came because I jokingly called it Papaya Podcast and it like literally won't go away. Also, it's really hard to say Papaya Podcast because it's a lot of peas in a microphone, but that's real life. Um, The Birds Papaya is actually my daughter's nicknames back like in the early 2000s. I shouldn't say early. I guess it was like, mm, gosh, this is awful. 2010-ish, I started a 
well, uh, 10 years ago, I'm going to say 10 years, I started a blog um, after my two daughters named Gemma Birdie and Maya Papaya, that's their nicknames. And I started this blog and this little Etsy shop selling jewelry. And I was a stay-at-home mom and it was a great little creative outlet for me. And it meant a lot to me. And it really gave me like this community outside of my home and outside of just being a mom. And it also gave me this creative way to kind of try new things and do projects and DIY stuff. It was awesome. I made some killer friends through that blogging experience. Some of them who, you know, we're still all kicking around today, Instagram friends and whatnot. After that, I had my son and I'll get into the whole body thing in a minute. But at the time we were actually living in Ottawa about six hours, five, six hours from my hometown where I was born and raised. And being away from family for that long was not something that I coped well with. I actually slipped into pretty much a depression. I didn't do well not having my people and not having that support and pair that with being a stay-at-home mom, with being a single car family and a single income family, income, income family. It was a struggle city and I didn't do well with it at all. Um... So I pushed for us to move home. It was really important to me. I think my husband at the time really recognized that as well. And we moved home to Guelph, where I live now, which is just, if you don't know where I am, it's about an hour and a half outside of Toronto, maybe a little bit less, depending on the traffic. Um, Spectacular city. And I do love it with all my heart. So there's part of me that just knows this is an amazing city. And landing back here was really important to me. And so when we came back here, suddenly I was hit with this wave of anxiety where I was no longer just hiding inside my house with my kids all day. I was somewhere where there was community, real community, people I knew, people who knew me, people I went to high school with. And all of a sudden I was very aware of my body. I was very aware of it. I was very aware of my weight. And I was also very aware of how much I was disengaged from my kids because of my weight. I mean, I'm we had an above ground pool at our new house and I couldn't even go swimming with them because I was so afraid of like, what if the neighbors were upstairs in their homes and they could look down on me from their windows? I would not get in the pool. I would not swim with my children. I was also really struggling with being in public because like, what if people saw me and they saw what I look like now? And I had all this like weird shame around it. And it was really confusing, but I decided to do something about it. I was 225 pounds when realistically I was what would be doctorally considered overweight since I was about 12. So this wasn't abnormal for me. I actually didn't even gain that much weight having kids. I naturally always sat at a heavier weight, but I also never really learned nutrition too much. I didn't really learn a lot about exercise and I had a lot of skewed views on what health was. Um, But I decided to do something about it and I started exercising every day and I started counting my calories and doing all these things that I knew I could do in the comfort of my own home. I mean, my son was my weights for a while. I would put him on my back and tell him how many squats should I do? And he'd yell out a number and we'd do them together. And he would cheer me on. He would stand on my feet while I did sit-ups and give me high fives when I did them. And all of these things were very hard because I couldn't even do a single push-up. I couldn't do a squat. It was a lot of work to get my body to even get going in that way. But I got going and I didn't really tell anybody about it. I just was like really... I don't know, I guess I was kind of embarrassed, but I was pushing forward and making all these changes. In the past, I've done like 
weight loss programs before and done all these things and I've gone up and down maybe like 30 pounds. But this time in this season, it was melting off of me. Like it was ridiculously fast and it wasn't long before people started to notice mostly my Instagram. People started saying like, Hey, have you lost weight? Like you look incredible. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I actually have, I've lost, you know, 42 pounds in only a few months. So, you know, thanks for noticing. And, uh, the weight kept coming off and I was addicted. I was so into this new lifestyle. I was so into being restrictive and so proud of that. So proud of saying no to bad foods. I've got quotations up in the air that you can't see. And I was so proud of, you know, making a change in my life and kind of taking back some of these things. I was so proud of like not being pregnant and breastfeeding for once and having the ability to do some of this stuff. And you know what? It kept coming off. It kept coming off and it kept coming off. And you know, the brunt of it came off in about eight months. And then for the following year and a half, I lost an additional 20 pounds and I went down to 125 pounds, which was like, I couldn't even believe my body was capable of being 125 pounds. I had this weird status thing happening inside my brain that I was 125 pounds. I felt ridiculously powerful that I was that weight, that I was a size six, sometimes a size four. And it was like, I felt like a badass bitch being so skinny and having this control over my life. How amazing is this? But within all that power and within all those feelings, I was also faced with like some really weird issues. And I think when I look back at it, I get it now. I fully, fully see it. But at the time I didn't, I had taken what was weight loss and I targeted my body as something to hate. I didn't say to myself, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to move you every day. I'm going to nourish you with foods that you love and that are good for you. And let's just see what happens. No, I absolutely did not do that. I looked at my body and I said, you're fat, you're ugly, and you're going to make a change. And I mean, you can't hate yourself happy and we know that now, but at the time I didn't know that. So I was so okay with targeting my body with hate because it was driving me to make these changes where I felt like happiness and self-acceptance would come. And it made me a little bit narcissistic in the sense where I became so into what I looked like and I became so obsessive about retargeting where my hate was. If something jiggled, I worked out harder. If I ate something bad, I worked out double that day or I ate like barely anything for the whole day. I was all about balance. Isn't that health? You can eat a burger for lunch, but you can just balance that by eating like a protein bar for dinner. I mean, of course it's ridiculous. And it was very restrictive. And there was a lot that was wrong. And there was a lot that I wasn't saying. And then as things go, when you're dealing in a body thing, you're also dealing with your heart and soul. And I think we often get sidetracked from that message and we don't realize it. And but for me, I did. I was that depression that I had in Ottawa was still with me. I was still struggling with like all these weird things. And I decided to go to therapy. And I remember the therapist telling me that I had post-traumatic stress. And just to be honest with you guys, I don't really share why I have post-traumatic stress. Um, and I think that's okay. It's okay to hold some pieces close. Um, my main reason for not always sharing everything is because I do have three kids in this world who don't need to know everything. And I'm going to honor that for as long as I possibly can um, to protect their little hearts too. So regardless, I had this post-traumatic stress and 
I was dealing with um, a lot of weird issues, which I, I can't totally describe, but I can just say we're coming out in like flashbacks and weird kind of distorted memories and, and all of these different anxieties. I mean, it was a lot. And to be sit, to be sat down and told that there is something like a post-traumatic and your brain is literally protecting itself um, was awful. Like, I want to say that it was an empowering moment for me, but it wasn't. I felt crazy. I felt like I, why did I have to have mental health issues? That's just not who I was. I was getting so healthy. Everything was so good. Like, why? Why me? Why now? Like, why when I'm getting so much better is this happening? But I kept going. Obviously, I kept going and I continued through therapy and continued to heal a lot of parts of me. And a huge gaping issue was obviously that my marriage was not working. I'd been married for 11 years since I was 19 years old. And I'd been with him for 13 years since I was 17. And it was it was not a good relationship and it wasn't something that I should be in anymore I very much recognized that the day that I woke up and, you know, I'd been told by my therapist a million times different ways that I should be helping my own healing, but I had this massive roadblock and, and it was in making change. It was in doing anything that scared me. So taking that step, um, to do something about it was terrifying, but I woke up one day and I remember my eyes opening and I'm laying in my bed and I opened them and I immediately shut them again. And the tears stung my eyes. And I just thought, I didn't want to wake up today. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to kill myself. I just didn't want to exist. And I get I still get choked up thinking about that because I think I didn't realize how normal that is or how many people struggle with just that. I don't want to be here feeling and you don't really know where to place it. But it was in that moment that I knew everything that I was trying to hold together and control and make perfect was not going to mean anything if I wasn't walking on this earth. It didn't mean anything to have a complete family and to fall on the sword for the sake of my kids and keeping this family together if I wasn't going to be there anymore. And maybe I would be there in the physical sense, but I don't even know that I would have been. Um... Regardless, I was slipping away and it was fast and it was furious and I had to do something. It wasn't just, couldn't just fix my body. I couldn't just do these things that it was going to make me happy. That wasn't it. I had to deal with like root cause issues. And I very calmly on a Wednesday in November called my mom and I said, I'm ready. And she knew exactly what I meant. And uh, I packed my kids. Actually, no, I went and got them from school and I brought them to my mom's house and explained to them what was happening. Obviously, my ex-husband knew as well what was happening. I did tell him. <laughs> I did just like leave that out. But I um, I sat them down and, and threw a lot of tears. Like, I mean, I can't even talk about it now without crying. I mean, it's terrifying you know that like your kids will have points in their life that they have major change. And when that happens, I think you feel very responsible. What I didn't expect was it to be an opportunity for us to all learn resilience and to rise through things together and what a unit we would be. Because in that moment, I was just scared. I felt like I was breaking their world apart. 
And immediately, of course, they're crying as well because they're scared and they don't know what's going on. My oldest was very confused. She really thought that, sorry, I'm just like wiping tears. She really thought that um, when we would get divorced, that meant uh, one of us was moving away. So once we explained that we were both going to be there and then we're actually going to be okay, um, then they all started to calm down a little bit. My son looked at me and he goes, I mean, he was little and he goes, we're all like bawling and crying, the girls and I, and he's sitting there just calm. And he looks at me and he goes, do I get a goodie bag for this? And I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? I was like, no, you don't get a goodie bag for this. But he was like, all right, like whatever. He was so chill about it. And I remember through my tears and all of this, my mom, who is like such a force of strength, even though she will never believe that of herself. She said to my kids, and I've told this story before, but she said to my kids, um, do you know when you're on an airplane and if something bad, they tell you if something bad happens, um, the oxygen mask will fall down. And the mom is supposed to put the oxygen mask on herself first before she helps her children. And that's because if you don't help yourself first, you're not even going to be able to help the people around you. You're not a, you're, if you don't have the oxygen flowing through you, how can you possibly help somebody else get theirs? And I mean, those words have stuck with me forever. And it really reminded me that this was my oxygen mask. This step and this like leap of like, total humbling experience moving in with my parents with three kids at age 30 despite all of this like like wonderful success was also a very terrifying moment and and I started to view it in a totally different way that this was actually going to rebirth all of us this was going to give us our oxygen back and uh, we were going to get through this the kids immediately after, I wish I kept it. My daughters like drew me a card with like a rainbow and like all of these lovely things. And they're like, we love you. And I remember just looking at them and saying like, do you trust me? And they all just said, yeah. And I said that we're going to do this and we're going to be okay. But to be honest, it was a while before we were okay. And that stress, it just played on my body. I mean, I think I was shaking for weeks, like for weeks. And I lost more weight. I was privately going through the divorce. I wasn't really telling people because I wasn't really ready to say anything about it. And I had grown this following from weight loss. And, you know, people were starting to say like, what house are you in? Like, where are you living, girl? Like, is that your kitchen? Did you move? Like, where, what happened? And I slowly got a little bit more comfortable telling people and all this stuff. But before that, I, you know, it slipped down to 114 pounds and the internet freaking loved me for it. I mean, everybody loved me for it. They were like, you look amazing. And at the same time, other people were saying, um, girl, you have an eating disorder. Have you seen yourself? Like, that's disgusting. I was hit with both ends of the sword. What is that? That doesn't even make sense. There is no two ends of the sword. There's the handle and there's the pokey part. I was hit with two pokey parts and I was hurt. Nobody knew what was going on. And it really made me aware of how body issues are so normalized in our commenting and how people were commenting on my body and praising for how small I was. And I, I was like, hold on, I'm like barely eating. Like I'm barely functioning right now. I'm like working two jobs. I'm working to like one o'clock in the morning and getting up and going to an office job that is like so new. I'm doing everything I can to get up on my own two feet right now, paying for lawyers, 
living with my parents, trying to save enough to like get a place of our own. It was a, it was a lot. And my body was like high stress. And in my job, I was a server during the nighttime. I mean, you're like hustling like crazy, like cardio and jobs like that is nuts. So I'm double working out. I'm barely eating because I, I can't, I don't eat well when I, when I'm stressed. So the most I could even stomach was like, a couple pieces of bread and like a protein bar here and there. I was like very low functioning at that time. But like I said, all of these comments, all of this stuff was really starting to like wake me up. Like what, how can you seriously be giving me compliments about my body when I'm like so unhealthy and why are other people like criticizing me at the same time? Like it's just like, why, why, am why am I being picked apart? But I also realized I kind of set the tone for that. I mean, I, I, I made this whole journey on like off of my transformation and like how happy I was and blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't really ready to face the music and okay. Hey guys, like also I'm really unhappy and I really target a lot of hate on my body and oh yeah, I facetune it. And even when I was at 114 pounds, I would shave that extra little bit off of my waist if I thought that it looked like the tiniest bit of fat. I hid my stomach because stretch marks were disgusting. I would not wear shorts because cellulite is disgusting. I was, you know, blurring out anything that I could blur out. I was hiding whatever I could hide. And through having to regain weight, that was a really strange experience and one that without the internet and without community, I don't know that I would have gotten through very well because nobody is out there teaching you how to exit diet culture. There's a lot of eating disorder recovery, but I didn't even identify as that yet. Like I didn't even understand that that could even be something that resonated with me. And then there's a whole other slew of people that are supporting a weight loss community. And I didn't really know where I landed because I'm not in the weight loss community and I'm not in the eating disorder recovery community. So where am I? I just want to stop dieting. I just want to stop being so restrictive. I want to stay in a lifestyle that works for me. But I mean, I also need to gain weight. And I am also dealing with some major fat phobia, which let me tell you is the worst thing that I feel like I've ever done to myself is like be fearful of um, having a fat body because I say this now because I look at women who exist in plus size bodies and I think that they are so beautiful and need to be cherished and uplifted so much. There's some, like, I, I wish I'd done that for myself when I was that size. I wish I had given myself the opportunity to be loved and feel worth and I never did that. So I love to honor those bodies now because I, I'm not kidding when I say I think that they are I think so many different diverse bodies are absolutely beautiful. I also recognize now that like some people are naturally thin. I mean, that's okay. Like there's so many different spectrums of bodies and why are we constantly putting ourselves in this position of feeling that there's only one mold for us to fit into? So of course, all of this dialogue is happening inside of my brain. It's happening in the background. It's like the background noise and I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And I realize that if I just shared a little bit more, maybe I'll find those people. Maybe if I just become more vulnerable, I'll understand it a little bit more. And because I naturally am some one of those people that kind of wears her heart on her sleeve, it was an easy transition while also completely pivoting everything that I had done on the internet so far. I had this transformation story that I knew was creating this fan base for me and at the same time having to you know, move away, pivot away from this messaging that I created around my body for so long. So I started to share, I started to share really real stuff. Even if it was like tiptoeing into the room of real stuff, it was 
as real as it could be for me. And um, it took some time, but I found that community and I found those people and I started having more meaningful conversations about life. I started to have more meaningful conversations about like, what does health look like? Cause it looks different on everybody. And not only that, but why are we having conversations at all about other people's bodies? Why are we normalizing diet conversation in homes? Why am I still weighing myself 20 times a day? Like what is going on here? And so throughout a lot of awareness and a lot of understanding of what it looks like to exit out of diet culture and embrace this, what a lot of, what a lot will call the body positive community, the body confident community and all these different things. I became a student of life and I became a student of women and their power of perseverance and coming through things and I mean, so much to unpack there. And I would love to continue on sharing in this story with you. There is so much more to unpack. And I think that as we go, hopefully it'll tell the story along with it. Of course, you guys know that I did find love again. I actually did get on my own two feet again. I bought my old house back and, and then I met this incredible guy at work and he asked me to marry him and we became this family unit. And I am working so hard on ditch. I ditch the scale. I'm working so hard on body confidence at every size. I am so in love with the person I am becoming. And I cannot express what that means to me. I cannot express how much important, how much importance there is on seeing your worth and seeing your value outside of your own body and then also in your body. And I can't tell you enough how lovely it is to be somebody who's a voice of that change. I never really saw myself at the front lines of anything. I felt like I was more student than teacher, but the fact is that's all we are. We're, we all are those things. We all learn something and then we turn around and we're able to teach it. And I cannot say enough about this whole experience. The fact that I can stand in front of the mirror now and like see my power and my worth and I'm not ashamed of my stretch marks or my cellulite or that little 15 extra pounds that came on last year. I mean, it's life. It's so beautiful and and we have so much to give to it and there is so much more past our pain um, from somebody who used to not want to wake up anymore to somebody who's excited for her every single day. I hope that you take time to listen to the stories that we're going to tell. And hopefully if you're somebody who is ever struggling in a place like that, you will get inspired to have more conversations, to be a student again, to listen, to be aware, to be mindful, to honor yourself and to honor your body and to have some laughs along the way. And that's everything that we're about here at Papaya Podcast. And I cannot thank you enough for tuning in. This probably went all over the place and a million times in the wrong direction, and that's okay because we are not going to lean into imposter syndrome today. We're going to lean out and lean into our confidence, and I'm excited to do that along with you. Thanks so much. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.